the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are fortunate to be alive at this moment in history. I can hear you. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The truth is plain to see. If you want freedom, take pride in your country. If you want democracy, hold on to your sovereignty. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin of The Answer, San Diego. Welcome. It's Ed Martin of Pro-America Report. If you're listening on Periscope or watching on Periscope, thanks for being here and thanks for tuning in to Pro-America Report. We will give you in just under an hour everything you need to know about what's happening in America, the perspective you need to have. There is an eagle involved. I'm Eagle Ed Martin. At Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter is where you can find me. You can go over to Facebook Live, Ed, uh, excuse me, Ed Martin Live on Facebook. And also, of course, go to edmartinlive.com. Sign up for a daily email. I know many of you get the, hey, there's Gwen coming in. Hey, Gwen, good to see you. Thanks for coming into uh, Periscope. And I know many of you listen to the program on the radio and those that are in Periscope, you like that daily email. We get it out at 5 a.m. Pacific time and thousands and thousands of Americans. And actually, I have to laugh and tell you, I've got a big following in Hungary, big following in Poland, also in London, partly because our friend Ted Malik, who was on the show yesterday, is so strong uh, in, in England, uh, the great American expat. Well, People love to get that email uh, at 5 a.m. Pacific time. Open it up. So you should go to edmartinlive.com and sign up. All right. What do you need to know today? We're going to get later on. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what the president announced yesterday in terms of the phasing, uh, how he proved yet again that he's a terrible dictator. If, you, if your goal is to be a vicious, wild, hunger, power-hungry dictator, Donald Trump keeps doing things like saying, hey, here's what the experts say. Um, why don't we have the states... Uh, do what they think is right. Governors are going to be in charge. You know, that's what he said yesterday, but we'll get to that. But today I want to tell you what you need to know is one thing. I'm addressing this to President Donald Trump, who President Trump, uh, and I've only met him a few times. I know a lot of people that know him better than I do, but early on I believed in him. And today I'm just saying to the president, what you need to know, sir, what we the people need to see is Roger Stone deserves a pardon. Uh, Roger Stone has been the target of the coup that was meant to take you out of office. It's now clearer than ever that the Steele dossier was generated by foreigners, whether the British spy, whether uh, misinformation, who knows? But it was used by the Obama era intelligence officials, as well as I think his senior staff, to try to take down the presidency. Then it was used by the Democrats in the Congress to try to take down the presidency. That's as clear as can be. And one man stood up and did not 
stop fighting against the coup. And that was Roger Stone. I mean, I, I want to offer my also Mike Flynn, General Flynn should also be pardoned. But he he got put in a box and, and, and taken off the field so quick and so early. Uh, it's also an atrocity. It's, it's disastrously. But Roger Stone, what was he convicted of? He was convicted in a kangaroo court, in a court where the jurors were being led by a jury foreman who had, was tweeting against Roger Stone and a judge who seems to have no real interest in making sure that the that the appearance of the trial, let alone the trial itself, uh, be impartial and be what Americans Americans deserve a system that is both honorable and appears honorable. In this case, nothing about what happened to Roger Stone has been honorable and it doesn't appear honorable. It's just a terrible, terrible moment. It's an injustice. And here's what we know. And here's what you should know, Mr. President. Roger Stone has been persecuted by the, the system because he stood up for you, because he stood up for we the people. And, you know, members of Congress that watch this Periscope, we got members of Congress at uh, the, the Freedom Caucus and folks that watch this and their staff. Uh, you, you need to become involved. This president needs to make sure he needs to cover from we the people. They, he needs to know that this is what we want, that we expect it, that it's the right thing to do. The pardon power, which we've all studied, and this president has done an amazing job to teach us all about how this is. Pardon power is plenary. He can do it for whatever he wants. But in this case, the pardon power should be used to write the injustice. This is an injustice. Roger Stone is a 67-year-old man. He's had a history. He's got asthma. He's, he's not exactly he's not unwell, but he's a, you know he's not a kid. And what he did, he was convicted of lying to Congress. I mean, Congress lies to us all the time. They're lying to us today. They're lying about the, the, what they're up to. They're lying about what they mean to do. They're lying about the money they appropriate. They lie all the time. And I'm not even complaining about that. I'm just describing it. I'm just telling you that the people in this country know that our Congress lies. They know what Adam shifted. He doesn't apologize when he's completely wrong. He doesn't come. He's wrong for months and months and months about the Mueller report, about the background, about the FISA applications. Totally. Never, never apologizes. Never is ashamed. Never, never is shamed. And what they've done to this man, Roger Stone and his family, and they bankrupted him. They, they, the legal fees for this kind of fight are astronomical. You know, Roger Stone has had to spend as much time fighting for his uh, defense fund to pay for these lawyers and all this than as he has to fight for himself. And the president can do something that's very simple, that's within his power, and that's something that we all expect in this country, and that is justice to be served. Now, let me tell you something about this, that there's no um, – I don't know Roger Stone too well. I mean, I've gotten to know him over the, the last couple of years. But I think over the course of his career, I think he and I – I'm more conservative than he is, I suspect, on some issues – I don't even know. I never asked him what he agreed with me and Phyllis Schlafly and so many Americans agreed on this. Donald Trump was the guy that could make a difference for putting Americans first. We didn't compare. People think that if you're a conservative or if you're a, you know more conservative, like someone like me, that you compare your notes. And if someone doesn't match up on every single line that you have to sort of back off. That's not how it works. We saw in this leader, Donald Trump, someone who could make a difference for putting Americans first, someone who was fearless in the face of the kinds of things that most of the career politicians rolled over for, whether it was money in politics, whether it was the special interests. I mean, remember, every single president 
for, I don't know, two decades, three decades, promised to move the embassy in Jerusalem, embassy to Jerusalem. Never did it. Donald Trump did. Every single president promised to take on the, the pro-life issue. And, and, and they always found a reason to back off. Donald Trump was at the March for Life this year. I mean, all kinds, every single president, this is a good one, every single president, and they'll be damned to history for this one, every single president for the last 25 years said they would take on China, and none of them did. And Donald Trump did, and even Donald Trump taking them on, we ended up with this situation, which is another, I believe the reason we're in the second Cold War is because China believes that they have to take out Donald Trump, along with uh, the the media and everybody else. Every, Every president said that they would stand up for us, we the people, against the media, and they never did. They got into it. They got the fawning coverage. They liked the idea. Here's the spread. Here's your, the first lady. And what's your concern? This. And the, every, they did that. And every single president until this one for the last 25 years said, oh, yeah, I'll stand up for Americans' interests. And as soon as they got in, they were off to Davos and off to the U.N. and feted for, being the interna- feted for uh, getting along with the international community. And they were selling out America. Well, we, Mr. President... Roger Stone, Phyllis Schlafly, Ed Martin, all these listeners, all these viewers, all these people all across the country believed in you. And we know you made your promises and you kept your promises. But so did we. So did a lot of Americans who have said, yes, sir, you tell us it's time to uh, to take a great pause. We believe you. And I do. You tell us it's time to go back to work. I believe you. And let's do it. But we, sir, need you to not leave men and women who are believe in what you do on the field of battle. And that's what happened to Roger Stone. He's as clearly a combatant of the, of the battle to save the presidency as we've had in political life. There's no better example. I mean, F- General Flynn is maybe the other one that I'd put there, the two of them, that have just been persecuted for one reason, and that was proximity to the president, effectiveness at messaging, and then, most of all, the inability to be owned by anybody. You could say what you want about Roger Stone. One thing you cannot say, he has always been his own man. He did what he wanted in the face of establishment Republicans, conservative Republicans, whoever it was. He was going to be his own man. When he threw in with Donald Trump, he was never going to betray him. He was never going to flip. He was never, and more importantly, forget about uh, a flipping or, or anything. Just remember this. When the country was being assaulted. Hi, Noreen. Thanks for coming on to Periscope. When the country was being assaulted, assaulted by Adam Schiff and the Mullers, the Mueller report and all their things, when they were attacking America, one guy was actually out there saying, I won't give in. I won't, I won't play this game. I will stand up. And frankly, he should get a medal. After you give him the pardon, Mr. President, give Roger Stone a medal, the, the, the Medal of Freedom. For being a guy that was willing to stand up and never cave, they make the they make it they make it convenient to give in and take a deal and walk away, and you never got that. N- Roger Stone never went for that. He wouldn't do it, Mr. President. It's time to liberate Roger Stone, pardon Roger Stone. We're all praying for Roger Stone and for you. It's time, Mr. President. We need that. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back here in the Pro America Report. We'll be right back. Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, really great uh, pleasure 
to have Patrick Karelchi on with me. He had, he and his wife, who is uh, uh, they're phenomenal, and they're the co uh, co founders, co hosts, co uh, producers of Red Pilled America. Red Pilled America is a podcast. If you don't listen, you need to. I've talked about it before on the show. I discovered it months ago, six months ago. Uh, well, whenever it came out, Patrick, when the uh, when the piece came out about Alex Marlowe, it was forwarded to me, and then I went back and re- and listened to like. 20 episodes over like a three-day period so welcome first of all patrick to the show how are you thanks thanks so much for having me i'm really good well and before i get to the the thing that's got me so excited about you 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 and your uh wife and and red pilled america doing this incredible uh uh uh, podcast on phyllis schlafly and and what she meant i want to ask you more importantly because my people my eagles are listening to you now and and they're and they're saying to me He's right. Patrick's right about storytelling. You know, we don't have people telling stories on the conservative side, and therefore everybody that's telling stories is leaning left. And what, don't be surprised what you get. Tell me, first of all, Patrick, you're, you're based in L.A. Tell me a little bit about that, um, that context of what, what's missing in the, in the storytelling field and why Red Pilled America is so important. Well, I mean, I think surprisingly enough with this quarantine, what what you've seen is, is everybody's kind of stuck at home and what are they doing? You know, they're watching, uh, they, some of them are doing housework, obviously, but many, many people <laughs> are binge watching TV. They're binge watching uh, shows on Netflix and HBO and, and their cable networks. And, you know, so anyone that doesn't think that the culture war does not matter in times like this. Um, is not thinking clearly. I mean, everybody is, all we're doing now is consuming Hollywood uh, left of center uh, content on all of these shows. So we've, we started our show about a, a year and almost a year and a half ago now. Um, and it w- is basically a, a weekly storytelling show. And we like to say that we tell our side of the story. Um, and we, it's kind of like a, a, a world, a right of center worldview um, on stories that Hollywood and the mainstream media ignores. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we've, to- we've told a lot of different stories. We've told the story of Andrew Breitbart kind of taking down Wienergate. We've did a profile on Alex Marlowe from Breitbart News. We've done stuff on, you know, the, the, the founding and the creation of PragerU with Dennis Prager. Um, and we, we've told uh, stories about a guy attending a Trump rally in San Jose and, and leaving and getting pummeled while, while the cops had a stand-down order watching him. Um, get beaten up, a lot of different stories like that, and, and things that the, the, the mainstream media uh, or Hollywood just will not tell. Or, and if they do tell, they'll do it like how they're doing with uh, uh, Phyllis Schlafly um, through this Mrs. America um, project, which is slanted um, without the, the full story, not the, you know talking to the family members of the organizations that knew her best. Um, and, and we are looking to kind of rectify that. And it's so important because storytelling is something that's natural in human nature. This is how we kind of pass on information. This has been going on for thousands of years, how we pass on information from one generation to the next and why, why we think it's so important to kind of correct the record when someone like Hulu comes out with a story on this conservative icon. Yeah, we're talking with uh, Patrick Karelchi, and, and again, his um, his podcast is called Red Pilled America. You can go to redpilledamerica.com and uh, check it out there. Um, also, wherever you get uh, podcasts, I, I've got a you know I've subscribed to it, so it's it pops up when everyone comes. Patrick, before we get more into Miss America, I want to do that, but tell me how you got here. How'd you get to be a guy telling stories? I mean, how and especially in Hollywood. I mean, how how did you end up there? And what what what's what's your path? <laughs> 
a little bit? You know, that's a great question, Ed. Um, I, me and my wife started a marketing company uh, over 20 years ago. And on the side, on the side, I wanted to do some writing, <clears throat> excuse me. And I had a kind of a, a red pill moment of my own with the media and kind of seeing how they were covering um, the Obama uh, election in 2008. And I didn't like how anybody that came out and kind of criticized him were, were called racist or kind of suggested that they were racist. So I kind of had a, a, a my can't, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was this Joker poster that went around um, for a while. All right. Him as like the Joker and they were, and it had socialism written underneath it. And people were saying, oh, the, the, the artist is racist. There's this kind of mad dash to kind of find out who the artist was. I wrote a piece on that. And when I did, um, a, a guy named Andrew Breitbart uh, reached out to me and said, hey, call me. And so huh, I wow. gave him a call. And we um, ended up, a, about a month later, we ended up working on this big uh, kind of investigative piece of journalism together. And we ended up forcing the resignation of uh, – of somebody from the White House, an appointee of the White House, and they were trying to propagandize hmm. a federal agency. So that's kind of how I got into this. And then from there on, I just kind of built it uh, slowly from there. All right. So we're, we're, again, we're talking with Pac- Patrick Karelchi. It's redpilledamerica.com is the website to get there or wherever you get podcasts, Red, Red Pilled America. So Mrs. America, our, my listeners now have been, have been hearing me talk over and over again about uh, the Hulu series. FX is spending tens of millions of dollars to make a series. It's nine hours approximately, and it's about the ERA fight. When I, I heard you over on Breitbart Radio uh, in an interview talk, I was on, on with you, and you said how you recognized what they're trying to do in this series. And so, and and you, you, your counterweight, and I'll tell people you listen to this uh, on the podcast that that uh, Patrick's done with Phil, about Phyllis Schlafly. It's her voice because we gave him access to the archives. He put, we didn't say we didn't have any control over the editorial. We just said here's her, here's interviews, and all these people, as you said, family members and all. And it really has great context. I encourage people to go there. But I want to go back for a second to Mrs. America on FX. You told me how you saw what they're doing. Talk about that a little bit, please. Yeah. So, I, you know, where we always start with this is we anytime Hollywood does something like this, they're always up to something. Anytime they touch a political issue, a political topic, there's always some cause or some kind of message, some kind of underlying political uh, end point that they're trying to reach. So we first just looked at the creators and who they were. Um, and this, uh, the person that kind of got this whole thing rolling was a, a woman by the name of Stacy Schur, um, kind of a big wig in Hollywood. She got her kind of made her name working with, uh, Harvey Weinstein, um, and that kind of team. Um, so it kind of gives you a little bit of the, the hypocrisy associated <laughs> with, with that is kind of an interesting thing for, for them to be placing judgment on, on Phyllis's character, uh, as well as Kate Blanchett. She also was, um, you know, kind of in the Harvey Weinstein camp. So we saw that and we started looking into the creators and what kind of causes they're associated with. And sure enough, Stacey Schur is a big proponent of, of Planned Parenthood and, and heavily, heavily a pro-abortion person and also kind of a, has been watching this attempt to bring the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment, back to the forefront in an attempt to get it ratified. So we saw her pushing that behind the scenes before the show came out. And uh, so we started looking into that and it started to ease, started to see how they were forming this and how they were starting to build this. And, and we immediately saw that what they're trying to do is to build a national kind of uh, get everybody reignited on the Equal Rights Amendment 
to constitutionalize abortion because that's kind of the if if the ERA passes, the argument is in their eyes that uh, you cannot create a put a law that would that would um, affect one gender, and so. Um, uh, abortion, you could not ban abortion because the only people that are able to have children are women. So it would be right. a, um, a way that they could, uh, pr- could give you the constitutional rights. Uh, think about this for a second. The same kind of constitutional rights that you have for free speech and the same kind of constitutional rights that you have for, to, to bear arms would right. be placed in this ERA. Yeah. Um, and in their That's view, right. be able to be able to, uh, uh, make it so that abortions have a constitutional basis, not just a Supreme Court decision basis, which could be overturned with another with another uh, case trial. So um, I, we saw we saw that, and then sure enough, you know, you're starting to see that theme play out now in the story. Um, uh, they are touching on that abortion theme pretty heavily. I, you know, I almost feel like, and I, I just got a couple minutes, so I, I don't feel like I have to t- tell people uh, how, um, when I say this, that the Red Pill America podcast on Phyllis Schlafly, it's, that, that uh, Patrick, our guest Patrick Krelchi has produced, is it's got so much context, it's got so much to it, there's all these details. I just want people that know my show, listen to me, you need to go listen to that because you'll know about Phyllis Schlafly and it'll make you, uh, it'll make you understand. And, and Patrick does a masterful job. It's one of these podcasts you don't stop listening to because you're learning all along the way and he's, he's mastered all these tools that the best podcasts have where music comes in and comes out it's all great so but but i i don't need you to tell me how great it is because it is great but i want to ask you this how about people that are listening that have stories patrick right that so they're saying to themselves you know dang it i want to tell this story i you know they they make it feel like they make me feel like this or they make it seem like this how do you get people to feel to get motivated to tell stories by the way i got a text from one of our folks the, that listened to uh listen to the things online knew you're coming on they pre-ordered one of those america first hats if you go to redpilledamerica.com no. there's a <laughs> hat you can pre-order so somebody did that but but what do you tell to listeners that are like hey they're thinking i got a story i want to tell stories how do you encourage them to not stay quiet or, or get their voices out? You know, it's a great question. And for me, it was just, um, we just started doing it. We just started putting the pen to paper. Yeah. And I think what you kind of learn is, is that um, so few people actually cross that barrier of, of actually doing it and putting it out. You see that in Phyllis's story, you know, she, mm-hmm. would she have um, published a uh, her her bestseller, um, if if she had to go through a publisher and wait and wait right. through a public a publishing yep. system, no, she figured yeah, out choice not an echo, it. choice she not an echo, yeah, yeah choice right. not an echo. She yeah. could she could she could put it out herself and and self publish it. So I think at the end of the day, if you you can do it, you just need to put it down and, and get it out there. It doesn't need to be perfect. Um, you will get better as time goes by. I, I had I spoke to a screenwriter years ago. And he told me the key to, to being a good writer is just practice and putting it out. You, you need time and you need the ability to put it out there. That's why you don't you so, see so few people on the right uh, telling stories is because the whole system is set out, set up to, to promote left wing storytellers. And it takes time to develop that, that skill and that art form. And so, but I think at the end of the day, you just need to put paper down, put it on a blog. There's never been a better time to self-publish than, it, than there is in, in our generation. Um, you know, Phyllis was way ahead of the curve on that. I mean, people weren't doing that. So she, the fact yeah. that uh, she's a great example as far as that goes, I'm, I'm so, she's so inspiring and 
so many different ways. I, that's why we loved telling this story. I mean, just everything about her was just the, the pro, pro family, you know, the business side of things, the, the, the parent side of things, the, the mother side of things. She just, she was, was such a, an inspiration to us so many years later. She was America first before it became a buzzword. Yeah, yeah that's right. You yeah. know, and I think, well, that, and she, I, 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 yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, keep going. Sorry. Uh, I, I know. I think that, that I, I hope that we capture that in this story and we're going to be hitting more on that in this, in kind of, in part two, where we kind of show her in action against this, this feminist movement and show how she kind of takes them on and with just like facts and wit. And, and then if you see yeah. this Hulu story and you kind of compare the two, you see where they're kind of trying to reverse history. Hollywood is amazing at that. They put these stories out hoping that, you know, 10, 20 years down the line, somebody picks this up right. and doesn't look at the context of it and just says, oh, okay, this person was this way because that's, you know, storytelling has that power. But we're, we're hoping yeah. with our story that we correct this and, and it, this will be a, a, a thing that's out there forever as well that people want to hear the truth that they'll, they'll have it at their fingertips. Well, I appreciate it, Patrick, and we'll put it. We'll certainly promote it again when it come, the next one comes out. And again, it's Red Pilled America, uh, redpilledamerica dot com, and uh, Patrick Carelci and, and his wife Adriana Cortez, who's phenomenal in her own right. The two of them. It's a wonderful. They're wonderful uh, stories, not just the one on Phyllis Schlafly, but other ones. So, thanks for the time, Patrick, as always, and keep us in the loop. I know you will. You and I are in pretty good touch now, and we will make sure to keep helping get you're good at it already. I know everybody else that's listening and say, "Hey, how do I get good?" Well, you start start, and about fifteen. Years from now, you'll be about as good as Patrick and Adriana, but at least you got to start. That's a that's another lesson of Phyllis Schlafly. So thanks, Patrick. We'll talk again soon, and I got to take a quick break. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Be right back. Ed Martin and the Pro America Report on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report and our old friend Greg Wrightstone. It's so good to have him on now because Greg Wrightstone and go to his web- website, inconvenientfacts.xyz, inconvenientfacts.xyz. We, you know, a couple years ago, Greg, when I thought we were, you know, we, we, we were cool, we were in early on Greg Wrightstone. We should have invested on Greg Wrightstone because <laughs> we were in and you were telling us, we were learning what was going on because your book, Inconvenient Facts, and uh, is great. And there's an app and the website, the website I have to say is, is really valuable to me, the blog and blog posts. I go back there, one of them on fires, I think forest fires or something. Mm. You had, I, I sent, sent that to my brother. Who's a firefighter. Now he just, he's a Marine that came home from the Marines. Anyway. So Greg Wrightstone, inconvenientfacts.xyz. And now he's got the perfect in this terrible time of tragedy. And we don't want to belittle that, but it's a perfect example we're all sitting at home. We're not driving as much. So we've solved climate change. So anyway, first of all, welcome, Greg Wrightstone. How are you? And uh, what's going on? Yeah, thanks. for the. And you're right about the website. We're getting between 50 and 60,000 unique hits a month on that thing. So we're, wow. we're a lot of other people other than you like the information that's on there. Great, and, great. Uh, it's good. So, yeah. so, 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 t- so, tell me what you think about this moment, and what you're learning, and what well, you think people should learn instead of what they may be talking about. Yeah, there's there's some really interesting things going on right now. Let's let's talk first about what's going on with with this is almost a, basically, isn't it, a worldwide laboratory experiment of how the the Green New Deal might affect carbon dioxide right. emissions. And because right. we've now reduced, it's it's interesting. The three main 
sources of carbon dioxide emissions, transportation, electricity generation, and industry. Uh, two of those have been greatly reduced. It's interesting, electricity generation hasn't been affected that much. And I think it's because a lot of people, the residential loads up. Everybody's staying home, cooking, playing, watching Netflix, you know. And so that, that's yeah. the But transportation and industry have just plummeted. So um, it's estimated the Chinese emissions have dropped 25 to 28%. It's probably more than that here in the United States. But I looked just last week uh, at the data from the Mauna Loa Observatory, and atmospheric Carbon dioxide continues increasing at the same rate that it's been, uh, well, really since, you know, for the last several months. There's been no change at all, even though we've drastically cut our emissions. And we'll be monitoring that as we go forward. Maybe we can talk another, maybe once a month or so about what's going on with this. So what's that tell you? They're proposing things to solve what I consider to be a non-existent problem, that of, of catastrophic global warming. And, and we've just tried what they want to do. Uh, and their proposals, <laughs> make no mistake, will be just as economically devastating as what this COVID-19 is doing to us. And, and then so, the other thing... Yeah, keep going. Yeah, keep so the going. Other thing no, is no, keep I, going. I want you to finish, there, yeah. yeah. Well, there's... The other, the other, I've just completed a, a, a new commentary on this. It's how the left and the climate change alarmists are now proposing that the media talk about climate change in a period of COVID-19. And it's really interesting. And what they're, what they're going to be doing is doubling down significantly on climate change, hammering every single thing. And they're, what they're, one of the, Catherine Hayhoe is a, the most reliable alarmist out there. And she was, she was comparing it to distancing. COVID-19, when we talk about distancing, when it was over in Wuhan, we weren't that afraid, were we? It was, you know, that's their problem. Then it got closer and we started worrying. And now it's on our doorstep. When it got to our doorstep, it was frightening. And we have this, and she compares that to climate change. People, most people look at climate change as, oh, well, that's 50 years in the future. I don't have anything to worry about. And, and she says, what we need to do is bring these calamities, show people how they're being affected today by horrific consequences of climate change. And so they're looking in this webinar they had a couple of weeks ago. You could see the participants in this webinar on how to communicate. They were like gleefully rubbing their hands together, talking about, oh, it's supposed <laughs> right. to be a really bad hurricane season. <laughs> Boy, I can't wait till the first hurricane. We'll blow it up and blame it on climate change. And the other woman said, oh, yeah, and forest fires are supposed to be really bad this year. And they were gleeful. They were like, yeah, boy, I can't wait for those first forest fires. Uh, you know, we're going to have to uh, go. And, and one of the editors was in part of this webinar. He says, we need to get and meet with editors of all the major publications regularly to communicate uh, just how bad this is, the existential threat. And so what they want to do is get everybody's minds right so so that everybody communicates about just how bad climate change is and equate it to hmm. To COVID nineteen, we got to you know we, we we were too late with COVID nineteen, but we finally did something. We don't want to be too late with climate change. We're all going to die. So just uh, you just wait. We're, we're talking we're talking with Gre- Greg Wrightstone and and Greg Wrightstone, whose uh, book is Inconvenient Facts, and the website is inconvenientfacts.xyz. And and Greg, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about this because I know your background is as a, a geologist and in, in, in science, so you worked as in geology and. And what's the impact of the uh, 
the the COVID, the great pause around COVID on on uh, all of our um, uh, energy production. I mean, I know I know it broadly. Oh. We've heard about it, and yeah. but but I wanted. I know you know that industry so well. Tell me about what the impact is. Well, it, it's compounded pounded with. The, if you're in the industry, low oil prices are bad. It's good for us because now we can buy gasoline at 98 cents a gallon in some places. But it, and so for most of them, but if you're in the oil industry and and my son-in-law is, uh, he, he's still employed. Uh, I, I know it, it's been bad. We have extremely low oil prices, and now COVID-19 has just cratered oil, oil demand uh, for gasoline, diesel, and the like. Uh, and there's uh, what they call the distillates. The diesel hasn't been affected as much because that's mainly the long haulers, uh, trains, mm-hmm. Uh, ships, things like that, that are still moving, but the gasoline components, been, so it's just added to the lowering of the of the uh, oil prices, and we're at historically low prices now. And I'll tell you how bad it is. So I I know I'm a geologist. I worked as a petroleum geologist for 30 plus years. I know many hundreds, probably thousands of geologists. Uh, I mean, I've I've been president of the eastern section of a large group, you know, with thousands of members, and so I know a lot. I don't think I could list five people that I know in the industry that are still employed. And it, it's, it's that bad. There was one company here. I'm calling you from Pittsburgh. They had 28 uh, geoscientists a year and a half ago. Today they have one and they're still, and it's just, I mean, it just, it's been devastating. Um, and particularly the natural gas industry, you hear about the oil, but uh, here in the East, we have the largest natural gas reserves in the world by far. I mean, it's it's not even close. And the natural gas prices are uh, have been there's so much of it, and it's compounded by the lack of pipelines to get it out of here. Uh, Governor Cuomo uh, has. Uh, made it illegal for any of these. He's vetoed every single pipeline. So, we, you know, in New England's oh, importing right. expensive, really expensive LNG, liquefied natural gas, uh, from other places around the world when they should just be able to get a pipeline to get it in there. That would make common sense, and that's the most, that's the safest, most economic uh, means of transportation. And uh, he's vetoed it, so that's just compounding the problem. Yeah, but it's just, it's just incredible. I, there Literally, hundreds of people that I, uh, fellow geologists, that uh, it's a surprise when I talk to somebody uh, that that's actually has a job. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's been terrible to to see that. All right, um, uh, Greg, we're talking with Greg Wrightstone, inconvenientfacts.xyz. I don't. I got about a minute left, uh, Greg. Uh, what's the best resource? I know you got a commentary up, so on your blog on that website, I bet. Uh, but what's your be- what's your best? Uh, tell people where to look. They got a lot of time on their hands. Where to look? What to read? I know your book, Inconvenient Facts, is a good one. But kind of as they think about this and what to watch for. Yeah. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm reading a book right now called Rockefeller. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's a fellow from Sweden that wrote it. It's the history of the Rockefeller Foundation and the globalist background of these people, mm-hmm. uh, of all these foundations, the the uh, Council on Foreign uh, relations. Uh, CFR Relations. Yeah. Uh, in fact, yeah. we, one of the there was a senior fellow for the CFR that was on that webinar, and she, her advice, she was very strong. She says, 
COVID-19, her, 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 her contribution was COVID-19 and climate change are both global issues. And both, they both require a global solution. And chills went up my, up my neck when I heard that. These are, this <laughs> yeah, is the old exactly. CFR Rockefeller Foundation. The, uh, you know, Gates is, is big into this uh, World Health Organization that was founded by some of these yeah. people. These are all, these are, they want global solutions, global vaccine. You know, Gates wants that. Um, yeah. And it, and it's that's a good one. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good book, actually. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. Finish up. Go ahead. No, there's a, a, a here here in Pennsylvania. Our governor just uh, we have a transgender uh, health official that's in charge, and she uh, just imposed new regulations yesterday that uh, you're not allowed in any open stores without a mask. So. Uh, Oh, it, and you can't even buy masks. What, what, yeah. you know, and, All right, and, I got to run. I know. I, All right, bye. Yeah, no, it's crazy. All right, I got to run. Greg Wrightstone, inconvenientfacts.xyz. Thank you, sir. We'll uh, have you on again very soon. It's a good idea. Thank we'll you. take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Be back in a minute. Ed Martin and the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Earlier this year, the Democrats revealed a very important fact about themselves. Namely, they broadcast to the world that they have no idea how elections work. It's not like the Iowa Democrat caucuses came as a surprise. They had every chance to get everything right. Instead, there was mass confusion, late results, and all kinds of allegations of misconduct by election officials. It's not just the procedural stuff that Democrats can't grasp. For all their talk about voter disenfranchisement, they can't understand how the Founding Fathers carefully designed our system of government to ensure that every voice is heard. For one thing, Democrats love to complain about the Electoral College. Even though President Trump won the 2016 election fair and square, according to the rules of the game, Democrats don't want to accept the outcome. The Electoral College system is supposed to make sure that rural voters and smaller states like Montana and Vermont and others still have a say. Democrats just don't get this. Don't forget about the threat of early voting. Early voting strips voters of the right to make an informed choice based on all the facts available on Election Day. Despite this, some liberal party hacks tell people to vote early. One argument is that people should vote early in case they die before Election Day. Obviously, that's not an issue for most voters. In some states, those votes aren't even counted. Proportional voting is another idea that's fashionable among Democrats. Their primaries typically award delegates based on the proportion of votes received rather than the winner-take-all system preferred by Republicans and the Founding Fathers. Proportional voting might sound great in theory, but it makes it all the harder to get a nominee with a majority of the delegates. If no candidate has the majority of the delegates, that means the party is thrust into a contested convention to choose their nominee. A floor fight at the convention would be an unmitigated disaster for Democrats, but they'd only have themselves to blame. By promoting early voting and proportional voting, the Democrat Party has created a system making it harder for any candidate to win prior to its convention. Clearly, they just don't know how elections work. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. What's the best way to rekindle the spirit of Phyllis Schlafly and the grassroots movement she energized? 
In this digital age, patriots and pro-family Americans can find insight and inspiration on our website, phyllisschlafly.com. Then, share your own heart and mind on social media. So join us at phyllisschlafly.com and every weekday for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, those were a couple long interviews. I'm sorry that they went long, but I just have a couple of minutes to wrap things up. And it's a Friday night, so you're kind of winding down, I'm sure. We will. Uh, we got a lot to cover uh, come Monday, but I want you to, first of all, have a great weekend. Uh, a lot happening. Take care of yourself and take care of your family. I promised early on in the program uh, that I would mention a little bit more. Let me just say about a minute's worth of on the, um, on the president's um, announcement yesterday. Uh, and it went further today. There was more clarification today on the phases. There's going to be phasing to go back to work and that there's this kind of description of the general direction of going back to work and it's being left up to the states. And all day today you saw governors in states saying, hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. And here's here's why I think this was uh, brilliant. It's brilliant politically. It's brilliant practically. We, the people, can always influence our governors. We can't always influence our president. We have more influence because of this guy, this Trump who is uh, President Trump, who is more attuned to the the people and the popular notion and social media. But mostly you can get to your own guy or gal in governor's offices. So that's good. Wherever you are, whether it's Newsom in California, my, a lot of my folks, friends and family are in Missouri, uh, Virginia, wherever you are. You know, influencing your governor is a positive way, and I think that's going to be a big part of this going forward. Doesn't mean there won't be mistakes, by the way. Don't be, doesn't mean that there won't be problems, and there is some risk here. But uh, we've got to keep going forward. It's what we have to do. All right, let's. Um, we better wrap it up. I want to say thank you again. Don't forget, you can go to edmartinlive.com and sign up for my daily email. I'll get it to you at five a.m. five a.m. Pacific time every day, so you can go there and get that. And I want to say thank you to Todd for filling in for Noah, helping us out the last couple of days, keeping things going going and also joanna for helping uh b- book the show produce the show in missouri we will talk to you have a great weekend we'll talk again monday night it's ed martin here on the pro america report